Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Party Invite Show. My name is Tegan down here and I'm joined today by Vilos. That's me. It's just the two of us today. Uh, Sob's out, Chris is out. Uh, we are likely to not have a show next week uh, because I'm going out to a concert I'm very excited about. Uh, I love going to shows and I'd love to talk to you about it, but this is a show about video games and not music. Maybe I'll come back next time with some uh, blissing up good news, <laughs> something that made me smile. But, uh, you know, uh, let's see. Let's kick off this show uh, with a little blissing up. And, Chad, I'm asking for your input here. What's something that happened in your life, something that you read, gaming or non-gaming, uh, something that just put a smile on your face? You know, maybe maybe you just got to cuddle with your cat. Maybe you finished a TV show. Uh, maybe you played some more of a game or, or uh, you know, took some cool pictures out as uh, spring is starting to spring, you know? Uh, so uh, let's see, for my blissing up, uh, I, I could say a couple things here. I'm really thankful for the nice weather right now, but um, something I just saw today is uh, as we have finished up some survival games here in our community and we've been trying new games lately, and in fact, tomorrow we'll be playing another new game. We'll be playing Leap, which uh, has a free weekend of this uh, this weekend. Sav will be leading the charge on that, so those of you listening right now, that'll be tomorrow on Friday, Friday at 7 Central uh, so I've talked about Leap. It's kind of a mix of like Titanfall and I think it looks like Planetside uh, and a few others. But the important thing is it's free to play. So you can hop in. It's team-based, uh, huge, massive battlefields and all this stuff. But uh, come around and, and, and play that. But we've finished up some survival games recently, like Sons of the Forest we did a while ago. We tried a game called Dead Frontier 2. It wasn't very good. Uh, but with the power of friendship, you know, we still had a good time. Um, and this, that, and the other, but uh, Don't Starve has worked its way back into our rotation. And uh, I know Fuzzy Man Peach here has has uh, been playing that with me in our Discord. Uh, that's been nice because uh, we've started a beginner world that's a little bit easier on details it uh, or on the settings. So where normally the game would lower your max health uh, when you die. Um, so like once you start dying, you are more likely to die over and over and over again, especially in the winter time. You freeze to death and you spawn with no winter clothes. It's really brutal. Uh, but we've turned a bunch of those settings down and we've been enjoying it. That's in Don't Starve Together, which is the multiplayer version of Don't Starve, but they are two separate games. So when a patch goes to one game, it does not go to the other. Well, I bring that up because uh, Don't Starve Together has had more, way, way more success or popularity, certainly, than the single player game. So uh, they focused development on the multiplayer version only. What that's meant is that while uh, the single player version has, it, it's kind of branched off in a different direction. There, In the single player, there are different uh, DLCs where you can um, experience island life, which is <laughs> very dangerous. Or uh, you can be in like in a hamlet, like that's the name of the DLC is Hamlet, and you're supposed to be hanging out with pigs, like the pig people uh, and all this. I don't know. I'm excited to check it out, but I don't know a whole lot about it um, because I don't play a lot of the single-player version. Well, I say all of this to say today was their huge quality-of-life update that brings the single-player game more in line with the multiplayer game. So uh, it's not a lot of new things, but it's the better, more familiar things that we know from Don't Starve Together multiplayer. Uh, it's, it's all in the single-player now, which makes it a lot easier to, to swap from one to the other. And I'm trying to, to get recruits to kind of play through and almost have a competition, like a loose competition, of uh, playing the single player and seeing, you know, 
who can who can do the best but then huddling to like share our secrets and stuff because i love i love a game like that where you can share your secrets and you don't have to go to a wiki but you can still feel like you're growing like you're getting better at this same pace as your friends so all that's uh that's a whole lot but don't starve you know has a special place in my heart and to see that uh single player which i originally found first um to see that get brought back into the fold and allow me to experience those uh wonderful quality of life updates that happened um i mean almost like a year ago or more uh to the multiplayer version it's uh, it's good stuff so that made me smile um if we don't have a show next week then i can tell you um Darkest Dungeon 2 will be out, and so I'll definitely get my hands on that. I'll be excited for that. That's been an early access for a long time. So, uh, yeah, 1.0 on May 8th. Really looking forward to that. And whatever, I could go on. Uh, there's actually been a lot of good uh, stuff in the news, just funny things and cool things uh, in gaming news, and uh, I won't dig into all that. But if uh, anybody's interested out there, check out our Discord. We've got a wonderful news channel. That means you don't have to doom scroll. It's great. We love it. But enough of me flapping my lips. Uh, Let's see. I, I know for all you KC folks, you Kansas City folks, the uh, NFL draft is happening. Um, and it's interesting to see people's takes on that, both hot and cold. You know, so. Uh, yeah, if, if any of you guys are doing that stuff this week, holler about it. I, I am interested. The, the message came out, I think it was about 30, 40 minutes ago. Um, actually, no, it was, it was over an hour ago. Uh, they officially said that the that they were not allowing any more people in. So. Uh, and it'll be in waves. Um, if people leave, if people don't leave, if people leave, who's leaving? It won't open back up. So yeah, it's fun. Well, that's. I mean, what did people expect? You know, it's a really popular event. Um, you know, and and when we had like the Chiefs uh, victory parade and stuff for the Super Bowl and all that, like you can see what happens when a ton of people show up to a city that's pretty small. Uh, there's just not. Uh, you know, what are you gonna do? Everybody comes from all over for something like that. You got, I mean, you like literally have the whole Midwest, it feels like, congregating to, to enjoy that. But uh, yeah, so so excited to hear how the NFL draft goes over the next week. Um, if, uh, if anybody's interested in that stuff, you should actually hit up Chris, who is usually not able to join us on Thursdays. Um, but that's uh, that's the day we record. You should hit him up. He loves the draft. He loves making projections, and he loves that uh, sports betting is legal now. He's always had so much fun doing that stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah, holler at us with that. Uh, but enough of stuff that made us smile. The smiling segment is over. No more. Everybody calm down. I'm talking about you, Lord Chrome. Quit smiling. Yeah, he's he was definitely smiling real hard yeah, over the past few minutes. Yeah, he's smiling really <laughs> hard about how much he likes the draft. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's get into what we've been playing. I mean, it's the two of us, so it should uh, be short and sweet. But Chad, as always, uh, let us know here on Twitch. And for anybody listening in the future, hit us up on our Facebook group, our Instagram, our Twitter uh, and on our Discord. Let us know uh, what's good. Are you playing new stuff? Are you playing comfort food? Uh, I know I personally had a lot of comfort food this week. Uh, a lot of samey-same. Um, but I did pick up one. And, and uh, Vilos, I'm, I'm jumping in before you here because I just want to kick back and listen to everything you've got to say about uh, about the new Xenoblade content. So don't worry, Chad. Oh, boy. It's on the way. It's on the way. Uh, but I picked up Chivalry 2 with a buddy of mine. Uh, Chivalry 2 is on Game Pass. It came out uh, a year and a half ago. Maybe maybe two years ago. Probably yeah, closer I think it's closer to two years. And it was I, a very early podcast. Yeah, and I remember that was when I didn't have my PC even set up when I first moved to Seattle. Like, I didn't have 
anything because my <laughs> my stuff got stolen. Oh, and I should say my other Blissin' Up is my new power supply showed up, so I shouldn't be crashing anymore. And if I do, I'm going to cry. But every, but until then, I'm going to smile. Uh, power supply did not get stolen like my first uh, all-in-one cooler did. That was a real bummer. <laughs> so while my computer was offline, I got to watch everybody, Mortis Thesaurus, among others, uh, play a bunch of Chivalry 2. And uh, it is a medieval, you know, sword and shield castle combat kind of game. It's all uh, first or third person. I've looked up some tips, and it says that I should try out third person. I haven't done it yet, but it's probably good. Uh, you get a lot more peripheral. So this is a game where, uh, you know, you hit C to to do a battle cry, and your character just lets out this roar that lasts like 20 seconds. <laughs> it's so extreme. It's so extreme. Um, let's. Uh, I'll get some footage here going in a second, but I played this with my buddy. Uh, we both went in brand new, so like I've seen the game, but I had not played it. Uh, I am pretty bad. It's a little more complicated than I expected. Um, there seems to be a pretty high ceiling for the skill here, because uh, essentially the game wants you to pay very, very close attention to what attack the enemy is about to do, and specifically respond to it in that short window of time that you have before you know, before they hit you. Uh, so, yeah, it can be pretty difficult at first, but there are bot modes and stuff, which I need to uh, I need to try out. Um, but, uh, yeah, here we've got this, uh, this battle. Let's see, they all start just like this, uh, where you've got a, a, a siege of some sort. You're, you're defending or attacking a city. You have, uh, one objective at a time, but they'll slowly, like, you know, the attackers will try to break open your wall, your gates, right? And you try to stop them or at least stall them as long as possible. And then, uh, you know, I'm almost always on the losing team, so let's say I'm on defense. Uh, they say, oh, we've lost the gates, everybody fall back. And so uh, as you're getting overrun, you can either try to respawn or, or uh, you know, just appear at the, the safe zone way further back in your castle, uh, or you can just keep fighting until you die. Uh, but you're running around with, with all these weapons that you can choose from, and you can pick weapons up off the ground as well. Uh, you can also throw any weapon, which is dope, so uh, throwing my halberd happened a lot. Uh, but you've got all these attacks um, that look very similar, but the arc of your swing is is very precise. It's very true to what the enemy player is seeing, and so they want to specifically move to counter. So remember uh, when Breath of the or not Breath of the Wild, um, when Skyward Sword first came out, and Nintendo was on stream uh, on stage teaching you, oh, uh, when they're blocking this way, you need to attack this way. Uh, and vice versa. If you want to block, you need to do it the opposite way. Uh, this game really wants you to aim at where the point of their weapon is going to hit you. Uh, and so once you, when you pay attention to it, it feels really good when that happens. Uh, the, the combat is just chaotic. There are constantly waves of enemies spawning in. So anytime you spawn in, you're also spawning with like 10 other people. And the matches are 20 versus 20. So as you can see here, uh, everybody mashes their battle cry button as they run in, and it's pretty funny because a lot of them are like jokes. Uh, you know, like you're uh, in one in one battle cry, your character will like roar, uh, "Kill all the masons," you know, or for Agatha," which are the two different teams. But then they'll also be like, "I have no idea what's happening," <laughs> and all of this. So it's very referential. Like the the game is at the same time 
hilarious, but also epic. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm getting my ass kicked a lot, but uh, when I run into these battles, I really feel like I'm doing, you know, I feel like a cool soldier. And uh, in the multiplayer mode, I think that every player is a character. I definitely cannot confirm that, but I think that that's true. And then there's an alternate queue uh, that throws about five humans on each team um, in the 20 versus 20. So five player, uh, five humans in there, and then everyone else is a bot. So that's a little bit easier. I've been trying that, but still somehow losing. Because <laughs> uh, the human players that join that are also still pretty good, even though it seems like a tutorial mode. Uh, but this game is just uh, chaotic. You can you can repair and destroy catapults and battering rams and all of this. You can pick up barrels to throw at the enemy. Um, and if you find food, like you can heal, like there are bandages you can hand out to people on a certain class. There are four classes. Uh, and, and every player, I think, has um, a bandage on their person that they can only use on themselves that will fully heal you, but it's going to, it's going to go really slowly. Uh, I think every time there's like a, uh, I think it's when there's a wave of people respawning. I'm not sure. Oh, wow. This, this lobby had 32 versus 32. That's crazy. That's a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, this, uh, this game's fun. Let's see. Let me, let me get this full screen on here. Uh, oh, you're about to watch us lose. I have the uh, top cut off, but... Uh, oh, yep, there we go, defeat. So this is a screen that I'm very familiar with. Uh, this is most of my time playing this game is uh, the defeat screen, but what can you do? <laughs> um, fortunately, it's a game that uh, losing doesn't feel that bad on because I feel like I still get cool combat stuff in. You know, I just get cool moments and all that. Uh, let's, uh, let's play this again. Uh, but yeah... Game's cool. Uh, playing a game with my friend, brand new, where uh, we just wanted something that was fresh to both of us because uh, a lot of stuff I've played before and I try to rope people into, right? So it was nice for us both going in and um, just figuring it out. They have a surprisingly complex tutorial uh, in a couple places. It still could have been a little more idiot-proof because I you know, stumbled all over it. <laughs> but uh, most of it I figured out. Uh, I... I think I would recommend playing this on mouse and keyboard, but uh, once I got the hang of it, it was pretty good on controller as well. Uh, something that I never thought of is when you swing your weapon, the game teaches you that uh, it's like a tip that people give for Reinhardt in Overwatch. It's that uh, if you think about where the tip of your weapon is when you swing it, uh, let's say if, you're, if I'm swinging to my left, uh, I want to turn my character's body to the left uh, so that the very side of my screen, the very tip of my sword, hits them uh, the quickest. And likewise, if I do a swing uh, to my right, then I want to turn my body to the right uh, so that the end of my sword reaches them faster. But it's lots of little things like that where uh, moving and dragging your screen around is really recommended. You've got to do it. Uh, I've been pretty much only playing in single player, or uh, sorry, uh, first person mode. But uh, the internet does say third person. That would give me way better peripheral <laughs> uh, vision because you're constantly going up. You're constantly outnumbered. Just everybody's outnumbered all the time somehow on both teams. Uh, so having more ability to see around me would be great. So I'm going to try that out and, and give it a shot. But uh, this was uh, not only a fun game to watch, like the player play, but when there was a big squad on, you know, two, three, four, five, six people. Uh, 
you have such a huge battle going on. So when you'd see your friends do something cool or stupid uh, on the battlefield next to you, I mean, that's half the fun is uh, hearing hearing your friends just like call out and roar and get wrecked. Uh, you know how it is. But that's really, uh, it's really fun. Uh, Vilas, you were, you were saying you're thinking about uh, maybe picking this up. I hope we get a bunch of people to do this because like I said, it is on Game Pass. It does have crossplay as well. Uh, so you can play this. I think it's on each of the major platforms except in, uh, except Switch. I'll double check. Mm-hmm. That said, I do think it actually is leaving Game Pass very soon. <laughs> okay, well. Maybe even over the weekend. No way. Are you serious? Okay, we're going to. I'm pretty sure I saw it on the Game Pass app earlier today. Okay, this is this is red alert, everybody. We got to get details on this. I'm going to cry real tears. Well, I'm going to look that up while uh, you tell us about your game. But um, yeah, Chivalry 2. I'm going to find out if we can actually play it after this weekend, because this weekend is all about Leap. Uh, I did accidentally buy it on Steam, not realizing that uh, I had it on Game Pass. So, you know, for those that will still own it somehow, um, I'm there for you, you know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so enough about that, enough about the medieval combat. Uh, Vilos, I want to hear about the game—a game that you've been very excited for. I feel like we've been climbing the Xenoblade Mountain for most of 2023, <laughs> right? Like uh, Xenoblade and, and Fire Emblem, I, I feel. And uh, and yeah. right now, this DLC came out, right? That that uh, I mean, you—I feel like uh, I could see a tear glisten in your eye when you're talking about it last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it'll be happening uh, later tonight as well. Um, so. Uh, with that, yeah, I I am playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the Wave 4 DLC, the final DLC for the game that is called Future Redeemed, and it is both a, it, it's a prologue to Xenoblade 3. That, that's like the main descriptor, um, but at the same time, it fills in a lot of information that we that the fans really wanted throughout the Xeno 3 main game. Um, and it's sort of what uh, Monolith Soft does with every title. So the, the first game had uh, Future Connected. The second game had uh, Torn of the Golden Country. And this DLC uh, came out for the third game. So there's always just this really integral part of the narrative that's kept back for the final DLC story. And it's just, it's just spectacular. Um, so they, they officially gave us our release date last Tuesday and said it would be here on Tuesday. And I have been playing it since the second I could. Um, I literally slept, played some of it. <laughs> that's how you uh, know it's good <laughs> yeah which i think i found out that xenoblade is probably the only game that you can actively play during sleep if absolutely necessary uh if your mind is wired in that way already because um, i've tried it with you know like fire emblem and stuff like that but you're, you're uh, saying no, your muscle memory is good you could play like, you could literally play that game in your sleep huh yeah like you're you're literally falling asleep and your mind is just going and you're playing actively and then if you pass out your your body's just like you know what i got this bro (laughs) and 
Um, so my my official game clock is at seventeen hours and some change. Again, since uh, since Tuesday night, <laughs> um, but it's I've got about actually uh, thirteen or fourteen hours of of legitimate gameplay um, within two hours of beating it, and it's going to be bittersweet. It's uh, an incredible game. Uh, if you want to, if you want to put in the YouTube trailer um, that's on there, I think. If it's not, then it's whatever. Uh, yeah, I'll find, um, it. I'll find it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really fucking good. <laughs> that's the best. The that's really the only thing to say about it. But uh, Jerp and I have been talking about it on Discord um, off and on. It's one of those things where. The, the entirety of the game, it's not hitting on nostalgia necessarily, but it's one of those things that's like, hey, Xenoblade 3 was the game that brings together um, what is effectively 13 years of games for Monolith Soft. And uh, when we get to this, we have, we have direct references to the whole series uh, in this final package. And I know by the end of this, uh, we're going to know where the future of Xenoblade or whatever the next official saga is going to be. Um, but it's just, it is a very emotional ride. Uh, we're literally playing in Future Redeemed uh, some of these characters that are the ancestors of the characters in the main game. Like, we're talking hundreds of years. They still haven't officially defined... <laughs> the number of years for sure like there's so many things that are there's so many things that are me- metaphorical in this fucking universe it's ridiculous <laughs> but at the same time it it makes sense and you're you're intrigued and you want to go further into this game because the lore is so deep and it is slightly imperfect like you know that that the people that created it know what they meant they just have a little bit of a hard time getting that across right <laughs> I, I can really Good. do that. I can really do that. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like you're you see uh you see all these characters that some of them are hints at previous characters, some of them are previous characters. That character uh, had uh, two different colored eyes it looked like. Is that two characters? <laughs> uh technically no. Uh that is for the Ouroboros reason. Um oh, right, right. Uh in this in this game, um the Ouroboros is is this power that that you get um, that basically makes them protagonists? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> you are at, now at the end of the day, one. <laughs> yeah. I like. I'm not going to get into that because it'll be it'll be ridiculous. But um, yeah, this DLC, like I, I feel like Xenoblade is the only DLC that I'll ever officially be like this. But this is a completely uh, unique story, like. Other DLCs never come to this kind of point. Like uh, Chrome mentioned the the expansion for uh, the last Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem Engage, and that one's that one seems cool. It's it just recently came out with the final uh, final wave of that, but what they did with that was basically everything that happens in the main game. They just made you the bad guy at the start. Good. <laughs> Um, that, that seems to be the entirety of that expansion. And, um, 
slight spoiler for Engage. I'm not going to straight up say it all, but uh, because it's in the it's in the fucking main cutscene before you even start the game. But <laughs> yeah, it's always there's always a question: Is it a spoiler if it happens <laughs> the first five minutes? Yeah, Sarah? yeah. But well, uh, clearly the main character, uh, Alir, the divine dragon in Engage, very obviously has something to do with being the bad guy um, in the main game. And it only happens like twenty chapters in or something. Um, but the what's called the Fell expansion of Fire Emblem literally just flips the script what the is other way. Spell? Fire and, Emblem last expansion is what the L stands for. <laughs> yeah, it, it's no Fell, the Fell expansion. Yeah. Fire uh, Emblem so... and then something that starts with an L. Yeah, I know how acronyms work. <laughs> so fell you're either in the world of fire Emblem, you're either a divine dragon a good dragon or a fell dragon a bad dragon um are they green <laughs> are they like glowing neon green please no they're they're glowing red Ooh, new glowing fell. red Ooh. the green is closer to the good colors uh Ooh. in fire Emblem. wow but well, the turntables <laughs> but not that's not to say that this that the fire Emblem expansion is bad or anything like that um it's just <laughs> just because they're just evil lesser, doesn't mean right? they're bad okay it's different it's different <laughs> it's it's just lesser nobody does dlc like monolith soft does <laughs> i and... you're gonna say no one does dlc <laughs> lesser than they do <laughs> no it's certainly somebody does uh ea um <laughs> but yeah the, the quality of the xenoblade expansion is just stupid it is just an extension of Xenoblade 3. Uh, but at the same time, there are things that make it better. And it's just amazing to me that things can continue getting better. With literally every release of Xenoblade games, something has increasingly gotten better. Uh, and substantially gotten better, honestly. Um, from 1 to 2, it was the, the character characterization and the actual plot. I know people will disagree with me on that, but that is the case. Um, because Xenoblade 1, you're at 80% of the way through the game and like the third or fourth twist and you're just like, please, just fucking end. Like, I don't need another <laughs> narrative thing. Like, just stop it. Uh, and then Xenoblade 2 is like, no, no, for real. This is all real shit. Like, it's just happening. You're almost to the end. And you're like, okay, thank you. I can, I can have... My characters can have some relief. Okay, great. And then Xenoblade 3 is like, hey, remember that extra convoluted combat like we just made it stupid simple but also it's even more complicated so if you liked the complicated uh it's even better <laughs> then if we got the game for you <laughs> <laughs> yes um and they automated some things to to make things easier for you too like they they just made things easier easier to handle they made the narrative uh still stupidly complex but also uh easier to digest in in smaller doses and then this final DLC of Xenoblade 3 uh, is more characters that... Two characters that we already know and love, um, but new versions of them, old versions of them. And Do they kiss? Some... <laughs> no, no, oh, they don't. Well. No. I know people would be remiss, but they're both daddies. Uh, I know we, we've had that discussion already with Sob on the, on the, on the case, but... Um, you know, we've, we've all seen... Uh... <laughs> if you haven't, just pretend you have. Uh, we've all seen uh, Prometheus or whichever one that is with uh, 
you know, where Michael Fassbender gets handsy, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, a little smoochy <sighs> yeah. with himself. Yeah, Covenant, yeah. Yep. David, I, the, the android, he just, he, he gets it, you know. Look, when you're like the, the top being, you know, what else, what else would you want? perfection begets perfection that's all that can <laughs> is that, all that he can have that is the movie i thought it was uh is that michael fassbender from uh covenant or is that from uh yeah, when he was Magneto? it's covenant okay in my head yeah. i thought it was one of the x-men future past movies <laughs> no no it's it's him as as david um but yeah the there's there's not any like i would have to spoil things in order to to really fully have anybody grasp it but uh, the cool thing is, like, the the game literally brings you characters uh, that you love, all right? It brings in um, some character types that you may have maybe just a little bit played in the main game, and it makes them the stars of this one. Uh, so there's a character called Gondor in uh, the main game, uh, and she fights with her fists. I, she was a hero character, so as a hero character, she does her own thing. Um, so you technically don't play as as a hero character. Um, but the way the class system works, you could inherit her class and use it on another character. But her class was cool. I never fucking used it. Oh, like I just what? I just didn't use her class. And so you're like, look, if, DLC she, if comes she doesn't out have cat like, ears, so I don't want her on my team. I mean, pretty close. I mean, that, is that yeah. what happened? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's very close, very close to what happened. Uh, but no, her character is awesome. Um, but when that happened, it's like, Hey, listen, this is one of the least played classes probably. And we're just going to switch it up on you. You're going to have to play as this one. And it's, it's just a really cool thing that the developers would do, uh, to make you more interested. And, um, it, it starts you off with, with just two classes. Um, this, this fist fighting type, uh, martial artist type and, uh, and a healer. And that's the way these games go and then the DLC, they switch things up to make sure that you have the full experience um, instead of just, you know, trying to trying to bash your way through the game, which is True. near impossible in the Xenoblade series. Um, anybody that knows can can tell you that. You've got to be really good to just go on the offensive and actually get through it. Well, do you mean um, offensive like during each battle or in the way that you approach the battles altogether? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, well, because I mean, uh, are you saying that you should not just grind your way up, or are you saying um... you can definitely grind your way up? Uh, I am saying, particularly if you only try to play offensive characters in this RPG, it's not going to work out for you um, because you've got six available. You've got more than six. Available oh, you'd be crazy not to. Bring... <laughs> you're like, uh, yeah, you, you deserve have to, to become lose good at all not, of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you'll just you'll just get into a fight and and be overwhelmed in two seconds if you're not using your your healers and your your defenders uh, adequately. So it it's just a, a near perfect game, I would say. <laughs> Xenoblade Three already was, and this DLC just is more of it. Um, and I'm gonna have some finality uh, later tonight when I finish it, and I'm gonna be very sad. Yeah, I am happy awesome and though. sad for you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's been fun watching you and Jerp talk about that in Discord. Uh, you know, shout out to anybody who wants to join, uh, you know, the, the JRPG crew that we got over here. Uh, always looking for more. Uh, you won't see me in there. 
um, because apparently I can only <laughs> play Western games, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that kind of seems like to be the deal. Um, you know, uh, I, I sometimes when I like hear what I say about JRPG stuff, I'm like, am I going too hard on this? Like, because I like poking fun at it. I hope you. I hope you know that I. I only mean it because I can only say it because you're my friend. You know, like I wouldn't go so hard and <laughs> knocking it uh, if I if I actually didn't like it. You know, um, so I. I'm really glad to hear that you're continually having a good time. I'm glad you got Jerp to be able to talk to uh, about it because with those games being so dense, like those seem like the kind of games where you you'd have to. <laughs> You almost have to talk in code. I mean, I imagine. I don't know. Be, to be like, okay, how far? Yeah. Are you? Okay, no. What have you seen? No, I mean exactly what have you seen? You know, because <laughs> yeah, you're describing how you can't really talk about the game. You can't make people understand without spoiling it. It's the same as I've been playing Casey's mod talking about Inscription, which, by the way, mm -hmm. there's a Devolver sale going on. Check Steam. Go buy Inscription. <laughs> it's great. Um, I can't. I can tell people what's so good about it, really without spoiling it. So just like everyone on the internet, I have to be like, uh, look, if you trust my opinion, then just go play it right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would love to talk to you about it, but I can't. Uh, so to have someone uh, along for the ride to be like, okay, did this happen for you? Yes. Did this happen for you? And like, as you get further and further, you've got to be more cryptic about what you're saying. So you don't like give something away. Um, you know, but uh, I, I mean, yeah, it just sounds you like you have to be like, so are you are you about an hour and a half into chapter four? Like, that's that's about all you can say. <laughs> totally. Uh, in, in Red Dead Redemption 2, they have uh, chapters, but the chapters only show up when you play the, through the linear story. Right. So if you're a side quester, um, you know, if I, I like doing side quests. So for me, chapter two took a long, long time, but it turns out that if I had just played a tiny bit more in the main story that they wanted, I would have immediately been in chapter three, which is when, if I recall correctly, that's when some really good stuff happens. Uh, so it was funny. People are like, how far are you? What chapter? And I'm like, bruh, I haven't seen a chapter screen in so long that I couldn't tell you where I am. <laughs> so it wasn't until I played past it that I was like, oh, I've been on chapter two this whole time. Uh, you know, now at least I've got like a marker in this open world game uh, where where I can determine what in the world I have and haven't seen. But uh, even then, I guess another question I would have with uh, Xenoblade, uh, the, the DLC specifically, um, I imagine you would only, only play this game after you've been the base game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, technically, you can, though, if it's still... Uh, right now, it's not a standalone, so right now, you still have to access it from Xenoblade 3. Um, I don't think it limits you to having a fin finished save file, though. So, in theory, you could, but you, there's no reason for you to. But you, why would you? Yeah. You would be, you would be mostly lost. Like, uh, Xenoblade uh, 2, the Torn of the Golden Country, the final expansion for that one, uh, that one... Theoretically, you could actually play before the main game, but this one definitely just just don't. Yeah. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, it, it would take a lot of the emotional toll from Cineblade Three if you did. Okay. Because it's it's all emotional. <laughs> like, yeah. You will cry so many times. I'm gonna cry all night whenever this is done. <laughs> I'm excited for you, buddy. Uh, well, cool. Then that's uh, I mean, what what's what comes next? Like. Uh, it's Xenoblade 3. This is, I think, the final DLC for this game? Question mark? Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, then, um, 
based on what happens here, I mean, are you expecting... Will there be a Xenoblade 4? Uh, does the ending of this determine whether or not there would be a Xenoblade 4? You know, was this the kind of thing... Is this kind of series where they're like, ah, whatever, of course there's another one. There's always another one. You know, where they can always just, like, write it in. <laughs> there's always another homage to one of the series. That's Xenogears, Xenosaga. So... Uh, there will be another game of some sort. Okay. That's all that's for sure. But, I mean, it's like five years, so... Uh, Well, let's see. Uh, I guess I'm just throwing trivia at you here. What what, what do you think the uh, difference is? How many years were there between the second and third game? Is this something that's been lying around for a while, or is it a, you know, a pretty consistent thing? It, it was literally five years between two and, two and three, and oh. they were working they were clearly working on three at the end of working on two that's what's that's what's wild about it um the whole release date for the main xenoblade 3 game uh being pushed forward <laughs> like they they had this all figured out and planned out a long long time ago so they they're already working on whatever's next so i am not worried in the slightest about it uh, I mean, the, the team the team was working on this and two fucking Zelda games and Pokemon like. They are mad geniuses, if you're going to trust anybody that any developers trust Monolith Soft because Monolith Monolith eh, Monolith Soft is the shit like Xenoblade 2. Again, I played 250 hours of that. I just surpassed 250 hours of Xenoblade 3 um, Two had barely more than 40 people working on it at the same time they were creating breath of the wild wow like uh they're they're mad you know the opposite of that uh, i just read an article that uh blizzard has lost so many employees over the past two years that they can't ship their games on time which of course includes overwatch's single player mode that i've been looking forward to uh, you know, it is what it is, and uh, Blizzard has had, you know, they deserve, well, you know, deserve as much as anybody working at Blizzard deserves, you know, the punishment that the CEO should get. Uh, you know, they they dig, dug their own grave to some extent. But, uh, you know, I'm enjoying playing Overwatch right now with my friends, and, and uh, people are excited for Diablo 4. But, uh, yeah, they, they uh, certainly aren't, they don't have the uh, reliable, reliable shipping schedule that the Xenoblade team has. You know, if they're already rolling into the next project before the first one's wrapped up, I wonder how much overlap there would be between teams or if, like, a new team just starts until the old team finishes up and then joins kind of thing. I wonder what that would look like behind the scenes. I bet yeah, I would find that out somewhere. Since I, um, the, the this game, the uh, Future Redeemed actually has a little title sequence at the very beginning of it, uh, and they did have a separate team a separate part of the team working on it. So they had like a, a second director sort of situation going on uh, in this one. Um, so it was side by side with the main game stuff, which yeah. is just really cool. Yeah. It, very similar to Platinum Games, except Platinum, you know, has started sucking. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Xeno's um... you know, literally only gotten better. It's wild. Yeah, that's dope. Okay, well, that's Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the future redeemed Wave 4 DLC. Gosh, that was a mouthful. <laughs> uh, but you guys, you know, if you've been here, uh, you've heard all those words before, you're familiar. Um, so that's exciting, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, you're finishing up that. Did you finish Fire Emblem Engage? No, I am finishing Fire Emblem Engage over the next couple days um, okay. before the end of April. So that'll be two JRPGs that I finish in April. Boom. Because I'm finally back. Back, Mostly baby. healthy. My, my arm is still hurting a little bit every once in a while, but it's well, not as bad as it used to be. I hope you can still do some 12-ounce curls, you know. <laughs> but at the very least, I will I will have some JRPGs done. Um, my My list from the blog is wildly different now, but most of the same games. I did pick up um trinity trigger which is uh very reminiscent of uh some old past games one of the original i think it was one of the Saga artists actually is working uh is part of the dev team on trinity trigger so that one's probably my next jrpg well right on looking forward to that man keep rolling you and uh chrome chrome was telling me the other day of all the games he's beaten i mean he's poof given you a run for your money at least uh, in years past just cruising through them and like i don't even know <laughs> i've probably beaten a game i don't know maybe the last game i've beaten was on new year's eve beating uh splunky <laughs> i mean i think I, I think that might be the last one though uh who oh, knows? you know but yeah uh, i mean then it'll be my 13th uh of the year so 13th and we're uh about to start the fifth month of the year okay it's not bad at all I'm glad we're not competing because uh, way behind. Uh, but let's see. What do you say uh, about a quick break real quick? And then we come back and we talk about our uh, favorite video game protagonists. Sounds good to me. Bet. Okay. Uh, then chat. We will be back in just a few minutes. I'm going to go say hi to Lizzie. She tends to walk in the door uh, right as uh, as we start recording. Yeah, chat, let us know uh, your favorite video game protagonists. Maybe your current favorite, all-time favorite, anything in between. And uh, why they make the cut. I'm interested to see how many uh, people's favorite protagonists are different from before, where I feel like uh, voiceless protagonists were a lot more popular. Uh, but now, like, everybody's, you know, this, the protagonist always talks. Um, you know, like... It, even if you think of, like, a Nice the Old Republican stuff on Bioware, you'd pick an option and your character would just say it. You would just be assumed that they said it because it wasn't voice acted. Uh, and then the people who are the other the NPCs would all uh, voice act back to you. But it wasn't until Mass Effect that your character actually responded. So uh, I wonder how, how much people's lists have changed since, uh, you know, Link still doesn't have a voice, but it's about the only one. I guess your Skyrim character doesn't really either, huh? Yeah, Protag definitely uh, needs to be not somebody that is uh, an extension of yourself. Yeah. No more, no more links. The link's cool. Not ripping on him. But somebody's got to teach that man to speak. Okay, I'll be right back.
Man, it's like it's like 60 degrees out or something. But oh man, the the, the sun is on my room, which is it faces my room, which is really great when it's cold. But uh, boy, I can already tell it's gonna be a warm summer. Steamy. Do we have AC in here? I don't think we have AC. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I assume if you have to think about it, that's a no, right? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure, but this building is definitely newer than the two places we've lived. And it's becoming like a little, a little more common uh, for, for people to expect there to be AC uh, because this region's been getting hotter uh, lately, like past 10 years or so. And uh, the worst thing is it's not even, like, just the heat. It's that when wildfire season hits, the smoke is so bad that if you, like, you're recommended to close all your windows. But if you close all your windows, it's, like, sweltering. There's no AC. So, uh, yeah, a day at a time. But AC sure sounds cool. Oh, you know what? We have a, we have a unit. We have an AC unit uh, in our wall. So that'll, that's way better than nothing. But anyway, it's not wildfire season yet, so I'm not going to gripe about it too much, but... Not looking forward to it. Wildfire season sucks. Uh, it is not great. Oh, kitty's crying. Kitty, kitty, we're about to start the show. Oh, she's really excited. We, yeah, we got to get back to the show. Sorry, everybody. She's. She, oh God, I might have to close the door. Um. Anyway. She's yelling. Yeah, what up, girl? Javi, come here. Yeah, Liz, Lizzie just walked out of the apartment. You can always tell. Can you hear that as clearly as I can? Yes. Hey, girl. You chilling? Do you want to be on the show? I can get, bring you a microphone. Yeah? It's <laughs> just upset that Lizzie's gone, huh? Yeah, I know. Me too. Oh, jeez. Well, yeah, just uh, come on. Your bed's right here. New power supply means I can get uh, some new toys. It means, um, even though this is not a priority buy, it does mean I can get another cam, another webcam. I want I want something that's not Avermedia. Uh, I will never buy another Avermedia product. Um, it is a very not English-based company, and uh, it is really difficult to figure out their software or where to download anything. Uh, not great. So I'm excited to get something new, so I might, after, after I upgrade, uh, finally dedicate this webcam to be our kitty cam, because kitty does have a spot uh, lined up right here. It's it's a dream come true. It's wonderful. Uh, but how about we get back to it? Uh, okay, so our party topic tonight, uh, with just the two of us, we wanted to pick, uh, this is Vilos' suggestion, so shout out, uh, give credit where it's due, uh, was our favorite two or three Top uh, video game protagonists, right? So your main character, uh, and that could be anything that you guys want. I'd love it if you'd let us know uh, in the chat, in the comments, in the Discord, all that good stuff. Uh, but we've got a short little list uh, lined up. So, uh, Vilos, what if we started with you and we knocked out both of yours at the same time? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, right, right when Odysseus asks who's behind me, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just a, a reminder, this... Um, when when we say protagonist, in in this case, uh, a protagonist in video games is a little bit better than than what they are in movies and stuff. Uh, in these cases, um, a protagonist is basically anybody that is in the lead group 
uh, of characters that have a, a really important part of the story. Because um, in video games, you know, you can actually play as them. So that's uh, a little bit different than than how they're characterized in movies and stuff. So Yeah, typically, right, like a movie has like one main character, but in a game uh, that especially is an ensemble. I mean, you have an ensemble like Mass Effect where you only play Commander Shepard. So Commander Shepard's the protagonist. But lots of games, like you said, lots of games that you've talked about tonight, you've got a whole cast uh, that you play. So. Uh, yeah, that, that yeah. protagonist definition can, can uh, it's certainly changed a lot uh, in the past 10, 20 years where the, the option of fleshing out a bunch of characters and putting your uh, player, your player in control of all of those characters, uh, it's just not something that you used to be able to do. So, um, Vilas, we were joking before uh, the show that there are only a, a few, you know, when you think of the best of all time, there can only be so many bests of all time. Right, there are good ones, but then there are the ones that are legendary. They really go down in the books, um, but uh, but it is all subjective. Um, so so to some people, you know, I was saying that uh, I often forget a lot of games that I've played. Uh, a little while ago, somebody asked me, um, you know, they were like, "What's what's one of your favorite uh, card games, card video games that you've played?" And I completely forgot that I had ever even seen Inscription, <laughs> and then. After I gave some great, you know, answer, I was like, "Oh right, but actually, my number one answer is the thing that I have neglected to mention uh, up to this point." So it really does uh, de depend on the time of day, <laughs> maybe the day of the week, uh, that I'll give you a different <laughs> answer here. But, um, but you've got uh, you've got a couple here. Um, let's see, what do we what do we start with? So well, you mentioned an ensemble, right? Uh, so where do yeah. these characters fall? Uh, for you, and actually, even before you tell me about these characters in the games, do you prefer? Uh, do you find yourself gravitating towards kind of the the lone wolf protagonist, or do you? Obviously, you love these JRPGs that have you uh, have a huge ensemble. Um, but do you really gravitate towards individuals within those ensemble, uh, or do you think of it more as like a group affair? Like, what do, what do you move towards the most when you're like, oh, my my top characters look like this? That's the that's the interesting thing with playing playing so many games that have parties, uh, and especially the Zeno series because the the last uh, I mean this Xenoblade three has a party of at least six at all times, <laughs> and you can switch in between all of them, and uh, you know really going back through the games that I've completed over the past couple of years, it's a lot of that uh, similar stuff. Just the the whole RPG uh, side of things. Fire Emblem has a lot of great characters. I really thought hard about uh, many of those. The the thing with the JRPGs and and the strategy games, tactics kind of stuff that I play most of, um, really is about that party uh, working together. And they all start with uh, very particular archetypes. And you know sometimes it's a stereotype versus an archetype. You know, because a lot of people want to want to lean into it. It's like an archetype is technically not good or bad. It's just something that's that's stuck. You know, uh, and a stereotype is definitely looked at uh, more um, historically bad. You know, that's that's when somebody says, "Oh, Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Two, they're just big boob ladies." No, uh, that's that's the stereotype. They do have an archetype, unfortunately, and that is you know Mithra. Uh, is a uh, sundere, <laughs> um, so like there, there's all these little facets of JRPGs that have a very specific thing, 
I really do like these ensembles, but at the same time, um, I do find my my little niche in between these particular characters. Um, and, and I'm I'm going to leave the Zeno thing to to my number one. I'll leave that to last. So, um, my my second pick uh, was Mercia from Wargroove, and again, strategy game. You do have a party um, and a lot of little side characters and stuff like that. But Mercia, um, if you grabbed the picture from the Discord, I don't know if you did. Uh, yeah, I got you here. <laughs> Just give me one second. Yeah. Uh, but Mercia here, she is um, she was a princess of uh, Cherrystone, the, this kingdom that, that you started in Wargroove. Um, she becomes the queen uh, of the kingdom at oh, the very bad. beginning of the game, because her dad is uh, tragically killed oh, uh, in the very first chapter. Spoiler alert: <laughs> <laughs> the the prologue the prologue is her her father getting killed, and uh, technically you play the character that does it, so it's <laughs> it's wow. kind of amazing. Uh, and that's just one of those I hope things. He's that's a bad guy, I guess. <laughs> no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's really funny. Um, She's a looking great character. Back on it, like, First thing you do, murder her father. Yes. Uh, <laughs> off to a great start. Immediately you love her, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you got to. Because she's not dead like her father at your hand. <laughs> you're right, though. You're right. Um, and as you can see, like, looking at this image, you're like, okay, she's she's this battle chick. All right, cool. What, what more is there to her? Well, um, she is... A fantastic warrior. She is uh, also has to come into this position uh, of being the leader of a kingdom, and uh, it just from from almost the very first second of the game, and you see she has this uh, mentor figure uh, that she rides around with as well, and she has to go across her kingdom, basically uh, reuniting parts of her kingdom that were kind of neglected over the years. Uh, in order to bring them all together against this this final evil to uh, to fight, and uh, this is technically a spoiler warning, but again, this is a game that would take dozens of hours to get to this point. But uh, by the end of the game, you actually unite all the factions of the of the kingdom, and you're playing as all of the leaders of the kingdom in the last few battles, and it's amazing. Um, but, <laughs> uh, not to say, uh, that isn't cool, but the very, very final, um, bef before the epilogues and shit, there's strategy games are wild. <laughs> like they do a lot of things. Um, there are epilogues and stuff with this, but and, and this specifically, is Borg of uh, three, I'm, I get mixed up. With, with <laughs> no, many... there's only one more groove. Oh, there's only uh, one? There, yeah. There was a recent announcement for a, a sequel, but. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's war groove, there and then like, there was a DLC. There wasn't like a war. Okay, I I, I thought there was one of DLC them had for war in the name. No. Oh gosh, I should do my research before I show up. I'm sorry, but this, okay. So this is war groove. I just want to mention that again. Uh, who this character is from, or where this character is from? <laughs> um, <laughs> the emperor's new war groove. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. There we go. I, I probably am louder. I don't know if I actually moved my mic. I might have done that. Um, so uh, at in the actual final mission of the game, you go against uh, Mercia herself, an evil version of her. 
the entire time, like, like she's goading you. And, and the whole point is that it's, it's technically an evil version of her that's being projected by this ultimate evil, whatever, but you're still going against basically, uh, you know, her, her self-defeating parts of her, you know, um, you're really, you're really going against her psyche more than anything at the end of the game. And it's just a really great exploration of, of a character. Um, it's, it's not like brand new, but for it to be done in this kind of game, that's relatively a new thing. Um, because you do start off with archetypes. Um, you know, she is just the basic tough warrior, uh, that becomes a leader. It's like, okay, I've heard of that before, but, um, throughout the entire game, you do get a lot of, a lot of dialogue and for it being a pixel art game, there's quite a lot of cutscenes, uh, and you do get to know her in the way that, you know, she's, she's second guessing herself, becoming that leader that she knows she needs to be. And again, through dozens and dozens of hours, uh, you, you find that she does have it within her and she reunites, uh, this entire kingdom. Uh, and her final battle is against herself and, the end is incredibly gratifying. Um, you you just see how is it, <laughs> it is groovifying. Yes. You just get to see how all the other characters, with their own problems and their own adventures, their own journeys that they took, uh, how they all congeal as a team, um, and, and really uh, they really give her a, a sense of pride at the end. And you're like, okay, she's she's going to be fine as the queen. Uh, of this kingdom and it's it's just really neat um she's definitely one of my favorite characters period over the last few years dope uh well wow i mean look at that this is the equivalent of the air horn whoa 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 uh what, what's her name again <laughs> i do like that you can do Mal that Malia? mercia 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 millennia yep. i keep writing that <laughs> elden ring article that the guy <laughs> Out of this whole game to every enemy in the whole game is is blade of mckella the toughest enemy in the whole game it's what the hell uh anyway uh this is mercia uh not mckella from elden ring and not mercy from <laughs> this is mercia from wargroove everybody uh i was gonna have you do back to back but could i actually jump in with this yeah uh, do it because this the segue just writes itself. So uh, the character that I've got is uh, is Madeline here. Uh, oh, that's uh, that's not how you pull that up. Um, Madeline from uh, Celeste, everybody. Uh, another full, another wonderful game that I forget that I've played until something comes up about it. Uh, Madeline is the protagonist in Celeste, a game where you are trying to climb Celeste Mountain. Um, you know, it is a game where you are jumping and dodging and dashing your way up uh, to, yeah, you can find hidden collectibles. But as Madeline reminds you uh, many times throughout the game, that's really just, uh, you know, if you want to set a challenge for yourself that you want to reach, you can complete the whole entire game without finding those strawberries. And the reason that I say that is uh, that this whole game is a metaphor for anxiety and depression, right? You're climbing your own mountain. Well, Madeline is climbing hers. She is uh, trying to escape all the troubles in her life uh, to, to get away and go climb this mountain. Um, but uh, justice in real life, going by yourself to climb a mountain 
not a very good idea. So uh, while she's not only struggling with her own um, anxiety and uh, the manifestation manifestations of that, uh, the mountain itself is very dangerous. And so when she finds uh, another character on the mountain, um, they keep meeting up and they're kind of just like uh, airing, you know, why they're here. Uh, and then they kind of get into trouble and help each other. So then they become friends. Um, but Madeline is this wonderful character that kind of represents uh, the, you know, soft elements of people, of players, right? Of, uh, you know, what it means to overcome things like anxiety and depression in a, in a serious way, but that's still charming, endearing, a little bit funny, um, and not too serious. Because there are plenty of games that tackle uh, this subject matter that do it in a way that uh, can either be a little too on the nose, I think, um, especially in like some like visual novel, uh, not visual novel, but um, like choose your own adventure things. Like uh, Life is Strange, I think is good, but sometimes it was it just went a little too, uh, well, a little too on the nose um, that I had trouble really getting super into it. And it did what it came here to do. I just realized that that wasn't the kind of game that I wanted it to be. And that's, that's okay. Uh, because a game like Celeste really spoke to me, um, especially in the fact that like a lot of the game, you wouldn't expect a game like Celeste, a platformer, uh, that's pretty difficult, uh, but with amazing accessibility options, which not only is just great as uh, a gameplay experience, but it's really great for uh, the the subject matter, right? Uh, of overcoming, you know, doing what you need for yourself to reach your goals. And uh, so I'm not just talking about why Celeste is such a good game. It's why is Madeline specifically uh, such an interesting character? Well, yeah, she does find somebody on the mountain who, uh, you know, they they hang out at the campfire for a bit together. They <laughs> save each other's lives on a treacherous, uh, um, what's it called? Like the gondola uh, up in the air. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say air trolley, but uh, I'm glad I came up with the word. Um, she does all this, but um, the manifestation of her her, uh, her own self-doubt is a uh, shadow version of herself. Just like you said, uh, you fight a, a, an enemy version, you know, like a dark version, essentially, of uh, Mercia. Um, that's exactly what Madeline does. Maybe just every character with uh, an M uh, at the start of their name has to battle their, their inner demons on the outside this time. Um, but what ends up happening through the course of the game is that uh, you you see your shadow self as an adversary because they very much are trying to stop you. Um, you know, they're trying to cut you down both verbally and like physically in the mechanics of the game. Um, they're trying to stop you, but over the course of the game, as Madeline uh, talks things out with uh, herself uh, and with her dark self, uh, also with her, uh, the, the guy Theo, I think is his name, who she meets on the, on the, um, mountain and then also in like postcards and one-way phone calls to her mom uh through all of this you kind of see madeline's growth and uh finally by the end of the game she comes uh to terms she reconciles with uh everything going on with her internally but also kind of treats the shadow version of herself that's full of doubt and and all this uh and wants to bring people down as a result uh you know they become friends, and then by the very, very end, uh, this the the wonderful culmination of that is uh, they blend the gameplay mechanics of you know what would happen if you had uh, 
twice the resources essentially like what if you could double jump instead of single jump and the final level of that game is is this wonderful section where you basically feel like you have superpowers because the whole game you've had only one dash only one a handful of other mechanics to get you through things depending on the level but you've had one mechanic and so uh the the culmination of madeline coming to terms with uh, with all of it, with herself and, and embracing um, the negative uh, aspects of, her, of herself. And, and when they come together, you know, it's like in Dragon Ball Z when they fuse or something. It, it just seems like, um, it feels like you're unstoppable. And so while there's still this challenge to the final level, there's definitely challenge, um, you, you really get this gratifying um, culmination of, of who this character is, the good and the bad, and what happens when, uh, you know, she she addresses her um, inner turmoil in a, in a healthy way. So it, it's a good storytelling uh, mechanic, but uh, it's just wonderful playing as Madeline, um, who has text, who all of her character, uh, all of her text appears on screen, but there's also this like modified synth sound that plays when any of the characters talk that does a very good job of conveying tone. Um, it's very impressive. Uh, but that's all you get from her. You you have these sounds going. Um, so you, you have like a synthesized, almost like a MIDI sound as her voice. But it's so clear, both literally and metaphorically in the game. I think they did a really good job with it. Uh, the, the mechanics of the game could have carried this game pretty far. Uh, but Madeline as a character and the writing that surrounds this this uh, sometimes touchy topic, I think was uh, enough to, to really put this game at the top of my all-time list. Um, and, and I, I hope more people go, go to play it. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't have to be looking for the story to play a game like this, but it, uh, it certainly makes something like this a lot more memorable. It could have, it could have just been simple, you know, it could have just been a challenging game and that was it with cool mechanics. But, um, I think they did a great job with this. And the, the gratification is probably the strongest part of that entire experience. And I mean the just that final level like when you look at the the levels from the uh level select section it's like that final level is like a third of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> but you're just blasting through it. It's it's long long. Even if you look at the soundtrack on Spotify you've got like all these tracks from all these songs and then the one for the final level is like over double length of just about anything else. And they all loop but um the the final level just has so much in it. Uh, that they're just like, man, we need a whole new soundtrack. We need disc two of this album uh, to play just for the final level. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, Madeline right there. She's great. But uh, now that we've talked about both Mirror Twin uh, protagonists, um, let's bounce it back to you. Yeah, I'll actually go with my my runner up real quick. Um, I thinking about the whole protagonist thing. I, I mean, she's definitely still up there, uh, but. Senua from the Hellblade series um, was really close to that uh, spot for me uh, towards the top because of the performance. So that was another aspect of it for me um, because so much of Hellblade Senua's saga um, or Senua's sacrifice uh, was so metaphorical. <laughs> like there's, there's obviously dialogue in the game uh, and a whole lot of cutscenes, but there's, almost every bit of the emotion and the narrative is metaphorical. Um, so everything that you see on screen and that you hear uh, is just so important. And Melina Jurgen's performance uh, just brought so much to it. 
Oh, and you uh, cannot you cannot like, talk about her without mentioning that she was not originally <laughs> supposed to do that job, right? Wasn't she the sound designer? She's a video right? editor. Video editor, and <laughs> they an editor. had her. They were like, "Hey, try this out," and she just did some lines for the character, and they were like, "Okay, you are our main character now." She's like, "I am not a voice <laughs> actor. Like what?" Yeah, no. um, but the because it was such intense um, uh, motion capture, like it, it was just it took all of that, uh, and they expressed so much, so much character uh, with Senua. But I was like, you know what? There's still more to that character that's coming, and I know it's going to be great. So I, I can't, I can't put her as number one here. But I do have a number one. And please. <laughs> anybody on my Twitter knows. But if you, if you want to share the, uh, the bottom picture that I put on Discord, the one that says from Zeno Two. Uh, um, I definitely renamed everything when I put it on my computer. Uh, the, no, nice. the bottom one you said? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so my favorite is going to be Nia from the Xenoblade series. She was in 2 uh, and 3 and has a very major part in the background of, uh, of uh, Future Redeemed. Oh, nice. Because the, the person that you see behind me is her daughter. Oh. And so, the thing is, <laughs> there is an entire journey with Nia. Uh, Nia is this. Whenever you get the picture, oh, up, yeah, I'll actually, because it. <laughs> it's you know my stream deck is amazing, uh, but if I don't know how to use it, then then there's the real problem. <laughs> right. So you see Nia at the beginning of uh, near the beginning of Xenoblade Two. It's seriously not even at the very beginning. There's so much game. Um, can, can we but... get, we should get a poll podcast that's just like okay spoilers but they're only from the first five minutes of any game <laughs> it really could be um so you see nia here uh she is an early party member in xenoblade 2 um but she's she's this rambunctious obviously look at her face like she's giving resting bitch face uh but it's also because she's a cat you know um She's it, giving this look, and that's I have to ask, is she the, both of these characters, or is she only the human on the right? I mean, the humanoid on the right. No, she's just the humanoid on the right. <laughs> her pal, Dromark, there is uh, a pal that she's had for a long time uh, in Dromark? her life. But he he is a talking tiger, so oh. uh, that's a What's thing. What's his voice he's, he's sound a, like? Is it deep? It's deep and wisdom-like. Very, very much an Aslan sort of mm. uh, voice, yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah. when uh uh gosh i knew the answer to this and i forgot is xenoblade all in english all english voice acted yeah xenoblade uh the xenoblade series has specifically uh welsh uh english english actors okay and uh they use american actors for very specific things which is oh that's is right. a whole topic in itself it's great um but as you see, like, Nia in the is... first five minutes of the game, Americans arrive on the scene. <laughs> yes. They're just like, oh, I get it. So you get, you're the American clan. <laughs> um, but as you, as you see Nia here in the beginning of Xenoblade 2, uh, she is a very animalistic, very... Um, <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit unlikable in the beginning of the game because you play as, as the main character, Rex, who is just this... 14 or 15 year old boy that's just trying to survive. Just trying to get and, by, man. Yeah, just trying to get by. He's literally salvaging stuff 
from what's called the cloud sea. So he dives into the, the clouds and drags up whatever crap he can find to to sell later and and build stuff out of. And um, is there a lot of floating metal in the clouds? Listen, there's a lot. <laughs> it's another another lore dump. Um, but Nia is part of this team that is uh, trying to do some potentially nefarious things. And through uh, story beats, you find out that you know she was kind of roped into it. Uh, she doesn't want to do the bad things that this team is wanting to do. And so she eventually does become part of your team, your party. Uh, this is um, Xenoblade 2. You have three technical party members and they have additional party members that are doing their their thing they do the attacks and stuff your party members um, have party members and your it's ridiculous dude pets. i <laughs> it, yeah and, and so she's called what's what's called a driver so she can uh she can command these blades which is what dromark that tiger dude is um okay she can say, say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah okay so brief brief xeno thing so xenoblade 2 you have your main characters who are called drivers. Nia is a driver. Rex, uh, the main main character, is a driver. And they have what's called blades. And those blades are actually characters themselves, like Dromark there. Uh, they actually do the attacks for you uh, in, in the game. And Yeah. Does and it like is interesting. Does he turn into a sword does... that you can just put in your <laughs> backpack? No. Guess what? He has... He has uh, well, actually, no. He's mostly a tiger. Uh, and Nia actually has these... Uh, chakrams that she also can throw around and he can kind of control them too it's it's a whole thing <laughs> as xenoblade is i love i um, love that everything about xenoblade is it's a whole thing which is true because i remember yeah. when we when we showed the trailer uh when they first dropped the xenoblade uh three trailer the trailer's mm-hmm. like 10 minutes and it's constantly new stuff there's no recycled footage at all like mm-hmm. you, you feel like you're constantly watching a new game Every time it goes to like a new scene and it'll end and you're like, oh, that's the end of the trailer. And it's like, oh, no, there's seven more minutes to go. And like a new thing starts up. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're like, check me but, out. They're cat sword people. Yes. Kind of. <laughs> and, and so the it, it's actually funny that it's kind of necessary to, to get into that because um, Nia, as you go along, you're, you're going to find that uh, the main characters, you know, have some commonalities. They have to get along somehow. Uh, throughout their adventure, and, and bad shit happens, good shit happens, um, but along the way, they find extra party members, and a lot of evil things are done to them, uh, but throughout this whole process, you learn some backstory with Nia, and how she was abused by this particular person in, in her past, and um, she ended up having to to become what's called a blade eater. Did she have to eat the cat? Uh, no, she had to technically eat her sister uh, not better not that's worse <laughs> her dying her already dying sister all right oh um, then, you know but it's, again it was a matter of time <laughs> yeah but again it's it's this whole thing because uh in this world being a blade eater is is like looked down upon like you're a you're a subhuman sort of thing um <laughs> but if you're a sister eater it's not really a big deal in fact it's oh yeah yeah encouraged. sure mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yada yadaing past it, <laughs> um, the thing is that she had a, a lot of reservations with uh, opening up to people, and you know, being a part of the party uh, that she becomes a part of uh, really changes her for the better. Uh, again, she was 
she starts out very unlikable and very just brash and in your face and uh, and violent, but it's because of the way people treat her. Uh, and in the beginning of the game, it's really one of the funniest parts of Zeno, Zeno 2. Um, you find that your party is like wanted and <laughs> there's a wanted poster of Nia and it's fucking hilarious and it's a meme and everything, but um, they made a wanted poster in game that is Nia's face, except it's got a fake cat muzzle on the front. Like she's actually a cat <laughs> in the wanted poster. And it's the funniest thing. She's like, do you really think I look like that? Like she gets super pissed. Um, but <laughs> I didn't even catch my good side. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you go through all this, all this stuff together and uh, about 75% of the way through the game. This is the actual big spoiler. If you're planning on Xenoblade two, um, but it's fully revealed what a blade eater actually is because blade eaters uh, live basically forever. Um, and they're incredibly powerful, like just ridiculously uh, overpowered. Like the bad guys that you're fighting, uh, most of them are blade eaters. Um, so when you find out that that Nia here has basically equal footing with the bad guys that you're trying to fight and you're losing against at the time, uh, it's really this huge thing. And she has a literal transformation, um, which I didn't show that photo of, but it's very similar to her final. Um, she has this transformation that is like everybody that knows Zeno is just like, all right, let's let's dumb it down. What is this transformation? It's hot. Okay, fine. We got it out. <laughs> we got it out. <laughs> um, so she goes from this very much, you know, just just regular adventure, scrappy person, um, and then she transforms into this high heel wearing, uh, like just uh incredibly graceful presence um and she yes (laughs) that that's the thing um she does she does establish that with the other party members that it's she can finally be herself uh and she actually yeah yeah she confesses uh she confesses her love for the main character rex in this cutscene. it's one of the greatest cutscenes of all time and she she does the transformation. She does that. Uh, she tells him that she loves him. And uh, during the battle, uh, Rex's famous words, uh, Nia, I love you too. I love you and all you guys. Talking to the entirety of the party. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, my fucking God. Okay, yeah, great. Um, so it's, it's unrequited. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know he's a kid, so it's whatever. Oh, <laughs> and so it's just this really funny thing that happens. But it's a, a major character point uh, for everybody in the game. And uh, when she is in this blade eater form, she technically becomes a blade. So Rex, main character, can actually That's use right. her in battle uh, in a different way, and it's really cool. But <laughs> that's the lead up to Xenoblade Chronicles Three. And in Xenoblade Chronicles 3, hundreds of years later, again, because she can live for a long time. Yeah, (laughs) roughly. Uh, Again, because she can live a long time. Uh, Spoilers for Xenoblade 3. (laughs) I mean, at this Uh, point, you know, spoiler tag Xenoblade. Yeah, the the people are here for it. Yeah. Uh, Ain't nobody else playing it. (laughs) Um, She is one of two queens 
in this new world in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because the worlds of Xeno 1 and Xeno 2 combined. And uh, if you put up one of the other the other picture of Nia, um, you'll see that there was quite a glow up, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, and she's a different person because she's she's got on a different mask. You know, hundreds of years have gone. Uh, she actually did get with Rex. Let's see. Did I put the right one uh, on? Yes. Yeah, okay. that's the right one. <laughs> uh, she has remnants of her of her uh, old costume when she's in adventurer form, but she also has a, a queen form. Uh, oh, you gotta have. But... Yeah, you gotta have a queen form. You gotta have a party <laughs> form, a formal form, but then like a casual Fridays form. Yeah. Yeah, but the the thing is that she's wearing a mask again, but it's it's of her own volition because she has risen to this ridiculous heights uh, of being a queen um, and a mother. Like she literally goes through so much of her life in these games; it's it's insane. Um, and you, you're there years, for all guys. of it. I mean, yeah, you know? <laughs> you're like, you're there for all of it. And she's not just she's not just words on a screen. She has an an outstanding voice actress, uh, that's that's lending this awesome character, and that's what the video that I put in there was for. If we can have the audio on it, uh, um, you bet. Give me just one sec, <laughs> because it, it's it's the most memorable thing about her. Let's see. All right. Nope, wrong button. Huh? Oh, Violet, I don't go. know I how to it. run this thing. Okay, sorry, hold on. <laughs> I see you are in good company. They're kindly serving as my bodyguard. They're assisting me with a number of other matters, too. The assistance goes both ways, actually. We all one big, happy family! Yes, that's right. Family. Indubitably. I have a rough grasp of our present predicament. Bloody hell! Oh, I guess I restarted it. Hey, why, why not listen to it twice? Uh... <laughs> no, but... Uh, so that's that's her? Or no, no, she's the... Uh... Yeah. Oh my gosh. People have... People are People's classes based on their hair? You've got, you've got lightning, <laughs> fire hair... You have cat hair, or mm -hmm. you know, cat ear hair. Uh, mm -hmm. You have um, angel wing hair, and then you have like uh, <laughs> what is most this? of what you're seeing is most of what you're seeing is the race. So like seraphim hill, or you know, like uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm using the right one. Oh my gosh, I how many? No, we we'll we'll go through we'll go through like a Zeno podcast one day just to get you the explanation. But as you can see, the one in the robes is Nia in her queen form, her queen garb. And uh, that that voice is her iconic thing. Um, you're hearing her actively mask as the queen. Uh, at the very beginning of the clip was her normal attitude, her normal tone, um, which is just really funny and cute. But she has this this really hard accent when she's in her regular Nia. Uh, when she's a queen, she's different. And you you see all this stuff happen uh, actively, like. She'll do it in scenes where you're just you're just running around and you're like collecting bullshit in the world, 
As you she'll do. run lines like if she's in your party she runs funny lines throughout the whole game um and same thing if she's in uh there are different cutscenes for different kinds of parts in the game like there's there's heart to heart sort of sections where you get more character bits it's it's a jrpg trope and uh in those sections you just get more and more character and nia's are just spectacular and they are they tell you who she is at every moment that's possible and there's just so much deep uh lore and love put into this character that she's she's very important to the xenoblade franchise um but she's just she's very much an everyman sort of character that people can relate to in some way uh and i am attached forever um inextricably just she's just amazing i could i could go on forever about that but again as you can see behind me is mio uh that's her daughter you saw her in the <laughs> in that little clip there too um so like in in future redeemed there's another uh descendant of nia and it's just a whole thing like you see how her character changed to become all these other people uh, over hundreds of years and it's it's just outstanding it's phenomenal i love it all right well you uh you've inspired me you know we, we joked about having the xenoblade chronicles 3 where you say that 300 times we joked about having that uh a competition if you could say it 300 times before i beat olmec in uh splunky 2 uh now i think we have a new iteration of this it is i try to beat splunky 2 and try to repeat back to you the Xenoblade lore that you tell me in chat uh, over the course of the stream, you know, uh, that would be wild. How many how many names can I get incorrect? Uh, maybe I've got a I've got a uh, you know like I have a bird book that uh, I like to look at, and I'll occasionally flip it, flip it open and try to read the uh, diagram of what all the different parts of a bird are called, and kind of quiz myself, right? Use like a textbook. So I'll, I'll try to see if I can, uh, you know, do that with all the Xenoblade characters. I'll be like, oh, yes, this is her from the kingdom. She is 100 years old. <laughs> uh, she's got yellow hair, but uh, golden, golden angel thingies. It's great. Uh, but this is her. This is not her final form. You know, um, Tis. there's a there's a lot going on. Uh, but that's rad. It's cool that you get to follow that character uh, between the games. The fact that she lives long enough uh, that, like you said, not only is she uh back you know further wisened um you know to show up and 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 save the day or whatever she does uh but like you said have descendants like that where you can see each of these almost like character parts of her uh you know in in each of these characters uh and you know all of this is a wonderful segue uh to my <laughs> my protagonist uh because not only does he live basically forever and uh, not only does one of, uh, not only does his dad uh, have a voice actor who had never voice acted before, just like Senua, like you had mentioned, uh, but he's also got uh, friends and family where you can see different character traits in everybody. That's right. It's Zagreus, everybody. Uh, it's ya boy. Um, Hades is a very wonderful game that uh, has been near and dear in my heart for a while, but it's been on my mind lately because uh, I've got a good buddy of mine to, to play through it and uh, he's been cruising through it, so he's been talking to me about all these things. You know, when he discovers stuff, he's like, oh, man, I can't believe 
the way that this all wrapped up between these two characters, or I wasn't expecting, uh, you know, this thing in the lore to pop up based on the mechanic of uh, what was happening in the game. Um, for those unfamiliar, Hades is a roguelike, a beautiful roguelike, uh, isometric, where you've got a whole bunch of abilities from all the different gods from Olympus in Greek mythology, uh, and you try to escape the underworld. Uh, as you as you do, you build all these relationships with with uh, not only the people in the house of Hades in the underworld, but uh, uh, also with the Olympic gods, so Ares and um, you know any others. I can't seem to think Zeus, <laughs> Artemis. Uh, there are there there are many. Uh, I just couldn't come up with them in that moment. Um, as you go through the the game, you get to recognize all these character traits and stuff. Uh, it just happens as you play, so you're not really making decisions or anything, but to put you in the uh, shoes of Zagreus, uh, the game does allow you to choose what order you uh, grow certain relationships. So what that ends up meaning is like for me, uh, I love uh, Karen, uh, the shopkeeper who says nothing but like groans and grumbles, like he cannot speak. But naturally, uh, the person who cannot speak is the first person that I uh, decided to befriend. Um, yeah, he, uh, you, you befriend him and you get like lots of little, uh, little changes in the way that they speak to you and eventually you usually unlock, uh, some, some sort of in-game mechanic that will pay off in some, uh, often unexpected way. But, uh, the, the through line of all of that is that you as Zagreus, when you build these relationships, it not only feels organic and real, it feels like Zagreus is a multifaceted character, but as uh, the, the writing is done in such a way that all of these bits of dialogue, I mean, I've, I've spent a little over 100 hours playing that game, and um, you, you don't really see repeat lines uh, of dialogue. Eventually, uh, some, some things will just stop popping up altogether. That way you don't have to hear them over again. Uh, like when you talk to, when you grab a boon from a certain uh, god, that it might just go straight into the selection screen instead of doing a line of dialogue. But it took like dozens and dozens and dozens of hours to get to that point. Up to that point, all of the dialogue between your character Zagreus and all these other characters just kept going. I mean, it just ha had all these little facets to it. Not only is the voice acting done very well by Darren Korb, the guy who makes the music for those games, um, but uh, the voice acting for all these other characters is wonderful. Hey, and it's Charon, uh, C-H-A-R-O-N, not Karen. You can say it either way, but, uh, you know, don't don't be calling the police on us because uh, I am the underworld police. Get used to it. Um, and and uh, actually, uh, Zagreus kind of is the underworld police. The whole point is that you're trying to break, that, uh, break out. You're trying to test the security of the underworld uh, to escape. That's an oversimplification of, of what you're doing in this game. But uh, at its core, you're trying, you know, it's like me trying to install... Uh, or trying to play my computer without my new power supply, I was uh, playing it to break it, just doing my best to see where its weaknesses were and identify the uh, the weak points. But as you do this, um, in the story, you have this complex relationship with your father, with Hades himself, um, eventually with your mother, uh, who's somewhere in the mix here, uh, and then all of these characters that uh, will help you or, or not really hinder you, nobody really hinders you, but uh, they will kind of challenge you because not everybody is just on your side immediately. And in fact, by the end of the game, uh, these people who were enemies earlier on are now your pals. Everybody's a big happy family. Maybe you're polyamorous and you've invited everybody to your bedroom. Look, I don't make the decisions. Uh, Zagreus just covers a lot of ground. 
Um, but he really is a very interesting character, and uh, the the fact that he can have all these very interesting relationships with all of these people of different statuses. I mean, some characters are gods. Other characters are, uh, you know, immortal in the afterlife, but, uh, you know, like Achilles or like Hypnos, uh, who is just this goofball who greets you every single time you die and reappear uh, in the House of Hades. So, uh, you know, you've got all that. You even have Skelly, who is the target dummy who just yells one-liners at you. Sounds like he was raised in Boston. Um, even him, he ends up having all these interesting interactions, and it's all because these tiny little bits of dialogue that Zagreus has where sometimes he's sarcastic, sometimes he's very frank, uh, or even curt. Uh, other times he's just very direct, but in a in an endearing way. Um, he's He's just a really good... Uh, example of a character that um, seems like a real person. Like, he seems like he's actually responding in a way that someone would in his position. Um, and he's juggling all of these relationships at the same time while still remaining the same Zagreus that he was at the beginning, right? Like, he definitely has character growth. Um, but I think it's just so impressive that, um, you know, in a game like Mass Effect, uh, most of the time, a lot of your relationships, uh, they they come to fruition on the battlefield, right? Like you'll uh, have a lot of conversation with people and then you basically unlock like a loyalty mission. And then on the battlefield, they'll be stronger and they'll have uh, different responses that they'll give to you as you see them. Well, Hades is, is a lot like that, um, but it almost, um, you know, your runs are always by yourself. Uh, with Mass Effect, you always have an ensemble. Xenoblade, you always have an ensemble. Um, but in this game, you, you are only ever by yourself doing one-on-ones. Technically, there could be multiple people around, but there isn't really like group dialogue like you might see in similar games. Um, so the, the fact that Zagreus can seem like a real true person across all of those different relationships from the beginning and the end of the game, I've just found so impressive, and I'm so excited to be able to share that again as my friend is playing through. And he's past me. He's already way. He's already blown past how I've how far I've gotten in the game, uh, because as I often say, uh, while I love roguelikes, uh, I'm not especially good at them. I'm fine. I'm okay. Uh, I'm very passionate about them, but uh, you know, I get my ass kicked all the time. Um, but hey, when you're playing as Zagreus, it's not so bad to get your ass kicked because uh, there's always uh, some some uh, either good combat or good dialogue on the other side of it. But it's kind of the point. It's kind of the point. <laughs> you just keep playing it, and it just keeps giving. There are still question marks in my um, customization screen in Hades. So there are at least two characters that I have not befriended enough to uh, get like a special item, special ability. So I'm not sure who they are. I feel like I've be befriended everybody, but uh, I know I know a couple. Actually, you know, I I know at least one. I need to keep doing Achilles' uh, storyline, but. Um, yeah, you know, Zagreus is part, uh, demon slayer, part, uh, therapist to the denizens of, uh, Mount Olympus and the underworld alike. But I think, uh, they've done a, an excellent job across the board in that game. It's why Hades, like Celeste, is, is in my top games of all time. Um, and you don't even have to be somebody who likes roguelikes to enjoy that game. So if you have a chance to go play it, uh, it's available on a bunch of platforms, but I, I really enjoyed it on Switch. My friend played it on Steam Deck. It really is a very good handheld game. Uh, go check it out. Go find out why Zagreus is uh, so wonderful and why like that game straight up keeps on giving. It just basically never ends, and I don't want it to. you know. 
Uh, I just want more of it. And hey, we've got Hades 2 on the way. So as if uh, as if I felt satisfied before, we're gonna um, we're gonna see another new character. Not totally sure who this character is. Seems like it's Zagreus's, you know, yet to exist sister. Uh, so I hope that she is, you know, half as cool as he is. I'm sure she will be. But uh, yeah, it's the good stuff. So that's it. Uh, we just we both had two. Imagine how long we would have gone if we had Chris and Sav both here. We'd be. Uh, oh, it could have been wild. Oh, it could be wild. Uh, so we'll have, we'll have to revisit this topic again sometime. I mean, the nice thing is, uh, you know, I've I've talked about two of my favorites now, and then I can keep pulling from the stack because there are so many wonderful protagonists out there, uh, in new games and old. So uh, yeah, chat. Tell us uh, tell us in chat in the comments online wherever you uh, wherever you get this. And uh, tell us who your favorite protagonists are and uh, and why they made the cut, you know. Uh, but I think that's going to be it for us, uh, for the two of us, Phylos and uh, myself, Tegan here, uh, for the podcast. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up and then we're gonna play some uh, uh, the last case of Benedict Fox is what it's called. We had a bunch of games we could have chosen from, but this game has a. Uh, I don't think you actually play as Benedict Fox. I think you play as someone trying to solve his mystery. Um, but we figured this was appropriate play a single player game tonight uh, in, uh, you know, inspired by the, the party topic. So we'll get that wrapped up here in a minute. Uh, but as far, and, and Vilas jump in if I forget anything, as far as upcoming things, we've got uh, Leap that we're going to play this weekend. Uh, hit up our Discord Um to, to get details on that. If you're not there, it's discord.gg slash partyinviteshow. You can also find all of our socials on our website, partyinvite.games. Um, that way you can be alerted in case you're somebody who listens to the podcast, uh, you know, not on release. That way you can keep up with uh, all of our events. Odysseus, thank you for putting that link in chat. Uh, Odysseus, along with many of the people, uh, represent the uh, mods and, and wonderful players in our community. So come play with us. We play lots of stuff. Uh, not just Leap this weekend, but lots of survival games, lots of shooters. Vilos, you mentioned wanting to get uh, people back together to play Rogue Company again soon. Yeah, there's a, a lot of a lot of game that uh, I've missed, and uh, I know that we've got several people that are really fucking good at it. So uh, definitely want to hop in that uh, sometime in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I'd like to have more people jump on Chivalry. I looked, and I didn't see an immediate indication, at least on the app, that Chivalry 2 is disappearing, but um, Google might say something else. Uh, oh, this is funny. I'm in Chivalry 2 on the Xbox app. I scroll down, people also like, and then Celeste is on here. Celeste and Chivalry 2 couldn't be any more different. They're, I, name one <laughs> it's, overlapping. It's literally just you also like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that <laughs> cracks me up. I, I, don't, I don't think I could come up with one single thing that those games have in common. <laughs> uh, they're both probably pretty good on a controller. That's about as far as I, I can get. Uh, but anyway, uh, join our community, play games with us. We've got lots of uh, wonderful people, and if you're like us, uh, every game is better with a crew. So hop in on that. Um, well, we'll take a, a short break, but uh, as far as the show goes, Vilos, thank you very much. Yas. And I we... love talking about Welsh cat girls, so. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'll be back uh, on Monday, and uh, no show next week, so we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Um, catch us again Thursday night. Bye! Later.